0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. My name is Scott Chaloner and you join us on a sunny but cool autumn day here in the capital as once again we bring together a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First and foremost on this afternoon's programme I'm delighted to be joined by Fiona Murchie. Fiona is the founder and managing director of Relocate Global which aims to promote creativity and best practice in mobility ability explore new topics and stimulate debate on relocation related subjects uh, Fiona very warm welcome to yourself today and thank you so much for taking the time to join us
1: no that's a pleasure
0: it's a real pleasure welcoming you onto the airwaves with us as well. Um, normally, we would dive straight into the subject of leadership and really bring that into focus. But considering the ongoing COVID-19 situation, I feel it's appropriate that we do address that first, because I'm sure you'll agree it's proven to be such a significant challenge for leaders in all walks of life, probably one of the biggest challenges of our time, in fact. But just how has it affected you and your operations over recent months?
1: Well, yes, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it has affected everybody hugely. Um, And uh, we've managed to keep going, I think, pretty well. I mean, we're a a, a relatively small organisation, but we do have a global reach. And so that's also been fascinating to see how people in other countries have responded and how people in the UK have worked together to get round and solve problems. Um, you know, the change in working practices and potentially better um, opportunities for some people. So I think it's all, all been quite interesting. Mm. Um, in terms in of our business here, I mean, we're in quite a unique position. Um, we're in good commuting distance of uh, the sort of Tunbridge Wells area in, in um, Kent, But also we're here surrounded by beautiful countryside, plenty of health and uh, exercise and um, all those good practice things, which have really kept me going. And I know our our staff, even when they weren't here, um, really enjoy that. And there's been quite a, I think, a a health and well-being aspect has come to the fore for people to appreciate um, just where they're located. And equally that, you know, that's the same around the world. So that's been interesting. And that uh, for some organisations, it's pushed them through to the next level of whatever they may be doing. And certainly we've used the period the last six months to push on with ideas that we've had and progressions. And I think you have that. You can make changes really quite quickly uh, and people are able to make decisions in other networks that you're working with. So that's been a positive. And I think uh, accelerating digitally that's also been a great step forward for a lot Mm. of organisations. They've really had to come um, and push themselves and make things work and some organisations have have moved huge numbers of people out of the office. Others it's been a few hundred um, or just a handful. But people have had to make it work and uh, there's been a lot of um collaboration to do that um which i think is only only a positive thing
0: There have been some real positives that have come from this quite challenging and sensitive time, haven't there? The digital advancements, as you say, there is one thing. The fact that we're looking to review our working practices in light of sustainability as well. So there are some positive elements of the lockdown period, as well as some negative ones, such as living under prolonged restrictions that could well be here to stay. And I think that sort of hybrid system of maybe working in the office one or two days a week, working from home remotely, the rest, and then also... um, the technological advancements, doing a lot of more things remotely, such as meetings and keeping commuting down, those sorts of things could well be here for the long run.
1: Yes, I think you're absolutely right. But it isn't as if organisations haven't known that was coming. I mean, I go on the conference circuit quite a lot, or have, have done previously, and conferences around the world, management conferences, um, companies and organisations been realising that industry sectors are going through a huge amount of change, whether it's cars or oil and gas or or media or financial services, as well as the impact of things like changing demographics and climate change and sustainability, all those sorts of things, plus increasing uh, social and economic instability around the world and response to health issues. And so, of course, COVID isn't the first time that there's been Pandemic, not one that's as, uh such a global one, but things like SARS and Ebola. Um, people in our sort of group uh, community have had to deal with that around the world, so there has been an opportunity for a bit of knowledge sharing. But there was also that expression of VUCA, um, <laughs> which is about you know volatile, continuous change, and I think it mm. really has driven it home now. That ambiguity and change is the new reality, um, and there are countless economists and futurologists who have different theories. Um, but you know, this it's dawning on people now, and I think um, you know the lot. The announcements you um, made uh, alluded to um, only last week about restrictions again. Um, I think that's you know until people get used to that they are going to have to keep reassessing where they are, um, but also try and keep positive and mm. keep communicating and engaging, not only with their staff, but people in their market sectors to make things work
0: exactly right and as somebody like yourself who has been um, an entrepreneur and running your own businesses for well over 30 years now just how important do you think the value of collaboration really is It's, it's so important for leaders in all walks of life to remember that we're not lone wolves and we can work with others and indeed learn from others because leadership fundamentally is a process of constant learning and constant development and by collaborating and learning from each other that is ultimately how we progress particularly during difficult times such as this.
1: Yes, absolutely. I totally agree, but that hasn't been a very popular approach with <laughs> with many companies and maybe sectors as well. Which um, obviously, business um, and making a profit or even successful organisations, there's this competitive element. Um, but I think increasingly, reports and surveys have shown that organisations that collaborate actually. Um, come up with better solutions, and I think that also crosses over now into inclusion and diversity. Diversity of thinking and diversity of people helps to solve these bigger issues. So really, the only way forward is is collaboration, and I think more and more people are realising that.
0: And who would you say have been some of your biggest influences or what would you say have been some of your biggest influences throughout your career as you've grown your own businesses and become a success?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> I think um, I'm very uh, passionate about uh, supporting and helping de- develop girls and, and women and young women um, to make the most of the opportunities available and i think this sort of there is gender inequality there are also um, a lot of other uh, inequalities around but if you consider the you know the numbers involved if we help to solve gender equality so i think um you know some of the women in that area but there there aren't there haven't been that that many um not that not that many role models to be be honest. So it would be great to have more women in leadership positions, in companies, Mm. in local government and government etc. There is progress being made and I think the worrying thing about uh, the COVID situation is that a lot of reports are showing including one recently by McKinsey's that women are going to be the hardest hit potentially uh, by the outcomes of COVID. So it really is in everybody's interest to make sure that that doesn't happen and keep, um, and keep women um, working and productive and to support education and generally equality, which will hopefully um, be able to support people uh, and women and girls around the world in, in deprived areas and third world countries. That, that will all make a difference. Um, so I think that's an area. I mean, in terms of U- UK women, I was just sort of mulling over that. I mean, currently people like Caroline um, Caroline Fairburn of um, CBI, I think mm. she's made great difference and great strides. So I sort of followed her career. And, and um, uh, I've forgotten that perhaps you could prompt me the, the, the um, 300 Club, um, Helena, uh gone, gone mm. from my uh, yes, Anyway, sorry, I wasn't quite expecting that. Yeah, but
2: yeah, mm. you know,
1: a lot of lot of women, but in all levels, and I think often women are inspired by women in their local community as well. So it doesn't have to be sort of superheroes. It can be um, people, say, you know, leading your local school or on the local parish council or. Mm. Uh, a charity or, um, in the public, some public, public sector role. And I think, um, what another thing that COVID has done is this sense of communica- community and appreciation of, you know, the health service and NHS and care workers and all these sorts of people, which hopefully, uh, that sort of compassion and empathy will carry on. Um, and give people the confidence to step up and say, "Oh well, I could actually take a leadership role." Whether they're, they might have felt they were too old or too young, or uh, hadn't got a good enough education, that you know, that in in the big scheme of things, that doesn't really matter. It's about people sort of stepping up and supporting others, which I mm. think that that's back to what we were saying: the collaborative style and different people working together.
0: There are some incredibly important things to take away from that, I think. Um, You're absolutely right. The pandemic situation has laid bare some real inequalities, and that is something that we need to take away, learn from, and really address going forward. That is certainly for sure. But also as well, it's encouraging people to get into leadership roles because some of the most influential people out there can be some of those people who are closest to us. Leaders don't necessarily have to be people who put themselves on pedestals. They can be people um, who essentially are leaders in the everyday environment, within communities and are going about their business quietly and they can be very influential people within their own right. In fact, um, Fiona, just based upon your experience, if you were to give some message of advice to those younger generations of aspiring leaders that may well be listening to this, what advice would that be to really get them on the road to success?
1: I would think to listen um, and to try and work work through what it is that you as an individual think that you can do and want to do as a leader. I think this idea of of a purpose and working through what that is, is really important. And then not being afraid to ask people for help, ask their advice, ask them to to mentor you or just give you a word of support. Um, Because I think... On the whole, the really good leaders that I've come across and you read about and you hear on the television, you read their backgrounds, actually they're really delighted to help people and give them a step up and listen to them. And so I think real leaders have got this sense of humility and this is this sort of style of a servant leader and, and have an appreciation of a, of a coaching style. And in most cases... People will be delighted just to give give you a little bit of time. So it's worth up screwing up the courage and just going for it. If you see someone and you admire them, just say hello. And very often, mm. um, you know, they'll have have the time and be pleased uh, to help.
0: Of course, because they're only human as well. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Right. Well, well,
1: that's it. Mm. Yes. Yes. And I think again, that's what COVID has shown people. All people are human. All. People are equal, really, and how they respond and the generosity um, that teams are capable of makes all the difference.
0: And that is a spirit that hopefully we can certainly carry forward from this period as well. And just thinking about that future before we do wrap things up on the program today, Fiona, um, we know that we're going to have to continue to adjust to a new way of living and working as we get to grips with what they call the new normal. And hopefully, during this time, shrug off the challenge of COVID nineteen for good with a vaccine or cure. But over this period of time, what do you feel is next for you and your businesses, and what is it that you're really hoping? To to achieve and indeed this time next year, where do you really see yourselves being?
1: Um well I think um hopefully I will be doing what I'm doing but have be doing it to a wider audience uh of people around the world and encouraging uh all sorts of people, young and old to embrace um international working really. Um and to make a start and to value the importance of value change and changes in the industry sector um, and just to get involved um, and to push growth, but also to support people along the way, so local economies as mm. well as individual people. So, yes, it's hopefully about growth, but doing more of what we do to support individuals and organisations around the world. Mm.
0: It's a wonderful mission. It's certainly one that I'll be keeping an eye on over the course of the next 12 months. And also, Fiona, I actually think it would be wonderful, just given how enlightening it's been having you join us today, to catch up at some point in the next year and have you back on the show with us, just to see how things are coming along in that respect too.
1: Uh, Well, I hope I've achieved some more things. Anyway, it's been a great pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much.
0: I'm sure there'll be some wonderful stories to share when the time comes. Thank you ever so much um for your time again, Fiona. It's been a real, real pleasure having you join us on the programme. And most importantly as well, until we do hopefully touch base again, please do take care and stay safe with everything still going on in the world too.
1: Yes, and thank you very much. And I think this is a very um worthwhile project. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. It's wonderful to chronicle the realities of British leadership during such a challenging time. And I would also reiterate that last message there to all of our listeners tuning in today. Do please continue to be considerate of others and look after yourselves during this time because it does make a real, real difference in saving lives. Um, It was a real pleasure to welcome Fiona Murchie onto today's programme, the founder and MD of Relocate Global. Um, Coming up next on today's show, it's time to hand over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary and incumbent Leaders Council Chairman, Lord Blunkett. Lord Blunkett enjoyed a distinguished political career despite being blind from birth holding numerous senior positions in the cabinet of former prime minister tony blair and serving as the mp for his sheffield brightside and hillsborough constituency for 28 years he has been a member of the house of lords since august 2015 when he was anointed baron blanket of brightside and hillsborough i do hope that you all enjoy listening just as much as matthew relished the opportunity to speak with him and that is
3: coming up next